The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 282. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week where I take your questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med discussion over at premedforms.com. If you haven't gone over there to ask your question as a non-traditional student, go over there and do so now. It's free to create an account and go ask your question. Our question today is a very common one, a problem that happens as a non-traditional student when you have more responsibilities than the average pre-med out there. And so we'll dive into that question right after the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. Such a common question that comes across all the time is what score do I need to get in to medical school? And it usually comes in the frame of here's my GPA, what MCAT score do I need? And we actually were just creating this kind of feedback inside of Mapped, which if you haven't checked out Mapped, go check out Mapped at Mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com. Blueprint is our official MCAT partner over at Mapped. But the 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 this theory, this thought that the MCAT and GPA are on opposite sides of a scale and you can get a certain MCAT score if you have a good enough GPA or you need a higher MCAT score if you have a lower GPA. There's just no algorithm out there that can tell you that. And and too many students kind of perpetuate this myth that one fixes the other. Now, there are schools out there, a lot of schools that use that use rubrics in terms of evaluating an application. And yes, if you use a rubric, then a MCAT score is going to be converted into a score in the rubric. The GPA is going to be converted into a score in a rubric. And therefore, you would assume that a higher MCAT score means a higher score in the rubric. A higher GPA means a higher score in a rubric. And the higher points is what matters. And so, yes, theoretically, you could say that a higher MCAT score fixes a low GPA, but that's just not the case because they're independent variables. Okay, so don't think of them that way. The answer is you need as high of an MCAT score as you can get. So go check out blueprintmcat.com and see how they can help you maximize your MCAT score. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com. All right, so let's jump into our question today about activity hours. Our student asks, and it doesn't, it's not a super non-traditional question, but I can frame it in a way that is non-traditional. So our student asks, I'm a senior, I, I am in my senior year as an out-of-state undergraduate student, and I have not had a car while I've been in college to travel to clinical and volunteer. I've shadowed and gotten as much clinical and volunteering as I could in the times I was home, but that means I don't have a lot of hours. How do I present this on my application and will they be understanding about it? So let me ask you this. Actually, let me rephrase this for non-trads out there. Non-trads, I have a family. I don't have as much time for hours. I have a job. I don't have as much time for hours. I have a job and school and family. I don't have as much time for hours. This is a very common struggle that non-traditional students have. So let me ask you this. You want to be a baseball player. 
but you don't have time to practice and really be good, will the coaches understand that and will they still pick you? Probably not, right? At the end of the day, the goal of getting into medical school, the goal of your application is both, number one, prove academic capability. Good enough GPA, good enough MCAT score. On top of that, you need to prove that you understand what you're getting yourself into. And that doesn't come from, I read a lot of books, I watched a lot of TV, I did a lot of Google searches. That it just unfortunately doesn't come from that. It comes from experience. It comes from you putting yourself around physicians, putting yourself around patients. That's where that experience comes from that you can then talk about in your personal statement, that you'll talk about in your activity descriptions, that you'll talk about in your secondaries when they ask you what your most meaningful clinical experience is. When you you get to your interviews and they ask you to talk about your most meaningful clinical experience. The clinical experience is a huge deal, not just to have hours on an application that you can just write off because you didn't have a car, right? We live in a day and age where we have Uber, Lyft, taxis, buses, trains, planes, whatever, right? We have the ability to get to where we can go if you have the resources. Obviously, resources at the end of the day comes to from, from a financial standpoint, but you can make it work. It, maybe you have less hours, but you still make it work. Only having things during the summer because that's the only time you have access to a car, I've seen it a lot, is not a good enough excuse. Can you still get into medical school? Yes, but what I would recommend do, doing is graduate school, go home, get access to vehicles and whatever else you need, and then work on getting the experience. And, and notice how I didn't say get more hours. Getting the experience that you need to prove to yourself and to prove to the medical schools that you understand what you're getting yourself into. At the end of the day, that is the goal of the medical school application, is to get that experience, reflect on it, and then talk about it in your personal statement, write about it in your extracurricular descriptions, your activity descriptions, and then talk about it in your secondaries or write about it in your secondaries and talk about it in your medical school interviews. That is the name of the game. And too many of you out there use this, well, I have kids, I have a family, I have this, I have that, and therefore I can't get any hours but they'll understand, right? I still have good grades. I still have a good MCAT score. I don't have any clinical experience, but they'll understand that I don't have hours because of X. And can you get into medical school that way? Sure, you could. Do I recommend it? No. Is it, is it probable? Probably not. Are there students who have? Yes. I know plenty of students who've gotten in without clinical experience. And I always shake my head, right? Scratch my head, go, why did you get in with no clinical experience? I would love to pick the brain of the admissions committee member who accepted you without any clinical experience. And I would love to do some long-term data, long-term studies on how happy you are as a physician after five, 10, 15 years without any clinical experience. Because I really wanna make sure, right? At the end of the day, I wanna make sure you are getting yourself into something you are going to enjoy because you're gonna go into a lot of debt, you're gonna go into a stressful career that a lot of people just aren't suited for. It sounds fun, it sounds cool, 
there are a lot of you out there chasing down this dream, going back to school without any understanding of what it's like to be a physician. So please, as a non-traditional student, don't try to use the excuse of being a non-trad as a reason why you don't have clinical experience, as a reason why you don't have shadowing. Don't use COVID as an excuse as to why you don't have these things. Now, you need to go out and get these experiences. How many hours do you need? I can't answer that. When you listen to me talk, I almost never talk about total number of hours, right? And unless you really, really pin me down and go, just give me a number, then I'll usually give a number, but it's just a random number, right? It's an arbitrary number that I am throwing out. Medical schools, the admissions committees have their own kind of thresholds, their own numbers that they're looking for. And it's not just total hours. When I throw out numbers, I hate doing that because it's just not the number that matters. A lot of students could get all of the hours they quote unquote need freshman year. And then what are they doing the other several years before they apply to medical school? It's the same thing with GPA. If you have a 3.3 GPA, I don't know what that means. What's the story behind that number? Consistency, recency is very important when it comes to activity hours. So when you are in this process, as a non-traditional student, as someone who has other responsibilities outside of medicine, outside of getting clinical experience and shadowing and volunteering and saving the world, right? Being Mother Teresa, understand that that doesn't give you free reign to not get anything, right? Yes, you will likely have less hours than someone else, but having no hours or only doing things during the summers is probably not good enough. So hopefully that helps you kind of understand the importance of clinical experience and why even as a non-traditional student with how busy your life is, you still need to go get something. Try to be consistent. Once a month is even good. Go out there and get something that fits your schedule, your lifestyle, and everything else to prove to yourself that this is truly what you want and you're not just chasing some pipe dream that you thought about a long time ago, but maybe you really don't want it now. I hope this was helpful for you. Remember, go check out blueprintmcat.com for your blueprint or for your MCAT needs. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.